Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Good morning, everybody. If you're a guest, we're glad you're here. What an honor it is for you to be here. We hope that our worship thus far has been in spirit and truth. That's what we strive to do. We strive to be a congregation that does God's will, amen, in everything that we say and that we do. Think about how dark the hours were before Jesus died to the disciples. In a very short amount of time, the world of those 11 will be changed forever. The one that they had left everything to follow was about to be leaving them physically. The beloved rabbi who they said they were willing to die for was about to be gone. In a few hours, everything that the Lord had told them about what was going to happen to him was going to become reality. Jesus, who knows the heart and thoughts of men, Luke 6, 8, takes some time and he delivers what many scholars would say is the most comforting words of Jesus to his disciples and to us also. Jesus, knowing the coming sorrow and the broken hearts of the disciples, gives them something. What we see in these first six verses of the 14th chapter of John is the love and the care that Jesus had for his friends. He was about to be spit upon. He was about to be mocked. He was about to be nailed to a cross for the sins of the world. Knowing what was about to happen to him, he was still focused enough. Could you imagine all of that being in your head and knowing what was about to happen? He was still focused enough to pay attention to the needs of others. What did Jesus say in this passage to bring these disciples to where they should be? To set up in their mind what they should be thinking and what we should be thinking also? He brought them comfort. Today, if you're here and you feel like you have no place to rest, if you feel like there is nowhere where you can lay your head, John 14, verses 1 through 6, is the place you need to be at. Because it's the answer to that problem. Let's read John 14, verses 1 through 6. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how, we can, know the, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
As I said earlier, we see Jesus knowing what was about to happen to him. He turns his focus totally on the eleven to care for their needs. He blocks out the pain and the hurt that he's about to bear and he looks to his friends to bring them comfort. The center of the message or the point of these verses to the disciples is this. If you want to have comfort, I got the answer. If you want to have comfort, I got the answer. You got to trust me. If we want to have comfort, brethren, if we want to have comfort in our faith, we must have a trusting faith. Amen? We talked about this a couple weeks ago at the end of one of my sermons, and I'm about to use a real big word, and I'm proud of it because I'm going to use it right. For just a few minutes, I want us to expound on this thought. You like that? We've got some guests in the crowd, so I'm a little, getting a little fancy for y'all. Hope that impressed you. If we're anxious, if we're confused, if we're angry, whatever the emotion is, when we strengthen our trust in the Lord, everything else begins to lose its power. They no longer consume us like they did before. Think about what Jesus says in verse 1. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Think about that. Let not your heart be troubled. The Greek says it like this. Stop letting your heart be troubled. Are you troubled today? Jesus says stop letting your heart be troubled. The reason the disciples and many of us today become so stirred up in our emotions me included, is because we focus on the problem and then we lose sight of our trust in the Lord. Isn't that the true statement? We focus on the problem so much that everything else becomes diluted in our trust to God and what He says that He's going to do for us and what He's promised. And the problem becomes the number one issue in our life. Not that it doesn't have to be dealt with, not that you don't have to deal with the problem, but it consumes us so much that we forget what God says. Jesus tells us, stop letting your heart be troubled. Jesus reminds the disciples and He reminds us today the importance of trusting Him. Jesus knew that they were confused and unsure of what was going on. You know, they believed Jesus was the Messiah. But the concept that they had and they had been raised on was that the Messiah was a conqueror. You know, he was kind of like the superhero that was coming. He was the one who was going to be that ruling king, and he was going to overthrow the Romans and anybody else that tried to come in. You know, they saw Jesus riding in on that donkey. You remember? He was riding in on the donkey. And what were the people doing? They were dropping the palm branches before Him and they were worshiping Him. They saw this. And then they hear Jesus talking about He's about to die. 
The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. How hard was it for those 11 to hear the one that they knew was the Messiah saying that he was going to die? You ever thought about that? They had left everything, you remember? Drop what you're doing and follow me was Jesus' command to them. Drop everything and follow me. So they do this and now you're going to tell me that you're just going to die? Even better, you're going to die and then you're going to leave us with the people that hate you and they know that we're your followers. Appreciate it, right? That's a great Messiah. What kind of a Messiah is that? A, a guy that would leave us to fend off these dogs that are attacking. And in the midst of this, just before he talks in chapter 14, Judas, he tells him, Somebody, one of y'all is going to betray me. And not only is one of you going to betray me, Peter, you're going to deny me. Think about the emotions and the uncertainties going on in their minds. Why am I doing this? I'm wanting you to get a picture of why Jesus gives these comforting words. You see it, brethren? You see what they're going through? You see where they're at in the context? But despite all of that, despite all of the emotions, Jesus who knew their hearts, He knows ours today also. He knew their upcoming pain and their brokenheartedness. Isaiah 61, 1, a prophecy is being fulfilled right here in this because it says, The Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to help the brokenhearted. How does he do that? Three things this morning, and the lesson's yours. How does he do that? How do we gain this trust and continue to have it? Well, the first thing is we have to trust his presence. This is awesome. What does he say? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus says, I know you believe in Jehovah. I know you believe in the God of your fathers. So just as much as you believe in God, believe also in me. The same way. Jesus is putting himself in the realm of God Almighty. Remember we talked about Jesus saying that he was I am. Before Abraham was, I am. And here he is again talking about himself, talking about who he is. And he says, if you believe in God, if you trust in God, the God of your fathers, trust in me just like that. Think about that statement. I would never say something to y'all like that. Because I'm going to let you down. I hate that I'm admitting that, but I'm a man. If I tell you something, I may not do it. I'm going to try to, and I'm going to strive to do it, and if I fail, then I fail, and I can ask for forgiveness, and I hope that you'll forgive me, but I'm not perfect. But Jesus says, just like you believe in God, the one who, who, who made all of this, trust in me the same way. The same way. You know, they had put their faith 
fully in this invisible God. In Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6, look at what Moses says. Be strong and of good courage, talking to the the Hebrews. Do not uh, fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. That sound familiar? Didn't Jesus also say the same thing? I will never leave you or forsake you. The Jews never saw Jehovah. They never saw Yahweh in His pure form. But they knew He was present. You know, this one verse allows us to see what Jesus wants us to understand. Well, what does He want us to understand? That trusting in Him is not a one-time deal. Trusting in Him is a continual action. You keep on trusting Him. You keep on believing in Him. You know, remember after the resurrection, Thomas said, I'm not going to believe uh, Jesus is resurrected until I see Him, right? Jesus appears and He says, reach your fingers out and and, and touch my hands. He tells him to to reach out His hand and, and touch my side. And Jesus tells Thomas, He says, don't be unbelieving, be believing. And then Thomas, once he sees it, he says the famous statement, My Lord and my God. And Jesus replies to him this way, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. Jesus says, those who haven't seen him and believe are blessed. What is Jesus doing behind the scenes? What is Jesus doing for us behind the scenes that we don't know? 1 John 2, 1 says, And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. We sung about it earlier. The one who pleads for us. You know that word advocate means one who pleads another cause before a judge. Somebody's pleading for you. Your case, personally. Because He loves you. But not only that, look at Romans 8.34. Who is he who condemns? Is it Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God and he's doing something, brethren, who also makes intercession for us? Intercession means to go and meet a person for the purpose of conversation. Jesus is on purpose making conversation about us and interceding for us because He cares for us. Even though we can't see Jesus physically right now, we can have comfort to know that He is doing things on our behalf. Doesn't that bring you comfort? Just a little bit? You know, if it does, it should make you feel like this. In 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9, Peter says, Whom having not seen, you love. Brethren, do you love Him? Though now you do not see Him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy. Do you? Brethren, are we rejoicing right now with joy inexpressible? (laughs) And full of glory? 
Am I saying stand up and holler and run around and flip? No. In your heart, do you have inexpressible joy? Are you excited about the fact that you were once lost and now you're saved? Does that still matter anymore? Is that even a big deal anymore? Because, you know, receiving the end of your faith at the end of it, and we talked about it in class, we get to receive the salvation of our souls. We get to go to heaven. I can't quit thinking about it. I cannot quit thinking about it, and it makes me different. Doesn't it, y'all? I've never seen Jesus, and I don't think anybody else in here has. If you have, raise your hand, please. Because I would like to shake your hand. But there, and listen to this one. There should be no one in existence that we believe in more than Jesus. There should be nobody in existence that we believe in more than Jesus Christ. Amen? He's real. He's alive and He's coming. And that's something to be encouraged about. Well, what else can we learn from this? We can trust in His presence, but we can also trust in His promises. You know the song we sing, Standing on the Promises of God? Look at verses 2 and 4. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know the way, you know. Jesus wants his disciples to know that he was not out to trick or deceive them. No, he wants to bring them comfort. He doesn't say, I'm leaving and you ain't ever going to go where I'm going because it's a very special place and nobody is even uh, uh, ready to see it and, and you can't live in such a way that you're ever going to be a part of it. So I'm, I, this is a place where uh, nobody can go except for me. No, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare the place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. Think about what else he says. If it were not so, I would have told you. If I was lying, I'd tell you. I'm not going to tell you something and lie to you. I love that part. I love he throws this in. He says, if it was not so, I would have told you. He gives them the promise that He's coming back and not only to get them, but any who belong to Him. Trust my promises. I've always told you the truth. I'm leaving now. I'm going to prepare a place for you and then I'm going to come back. And I'm going to get you so you can enjoy what I've prepared. Jesus is coming back, brethren. Amen. And that should be on the lips of every single one of us. 
I love Titus 2.13. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Are we looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ? The promise of heaven is real and is going to happen. We just have to fix our minds to trust what he says. To trust the promises. And what do you receive? And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, no sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. The former things have passed away. Isn't that where you want to go? Don't you want to be a part of that? That is a promise. We can trust what Jesus promises will come to pass. What comfort. Amen? So not only should we trust His present, not only should we trust His promises, but we should trust His person. We can trust it, brethren. Look at verses 4 through 6. And where I go you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thomas says, we don't know where you're going. How can we know that way? That's an understandable statement, isn't it? I'd probably be the... I'd probably, my name is Thomas. That's probably me right there saying that to him. But Jesus says, you do know the way. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. I love what Mike Pearson told me earlier, and it's so true. You know that statement, I am the way, was so important. The early Christians were considered a part of the way. When they referred to the Christians before they were called Christians, they were called people of the way. Jesus is the way. You know, you can't get there on your own. But you do know how to get there. You ever traveled somewhere and you're trying to look for a destination and you stop maybe in the city and you're close to it and you just don't know exactly how to get there and then... Uh, the guy at the gas station, you're like, hey man, I need to get to such and such place. Can you kind of give me some directions? And he's like, well, if you'll go out here and you'll cut back to the left real sharp, then there'll be a two stoplights later, you turn right and then go back left and you'll loop around for, you know, gives you these crazy directions. It would have been better for you to not even have known the directions than to go by what directions he's giving you, right? Wouldn't it just be better if he said, hey, you know what? Follow me. I'm just going to get in my car and we're going to go and you can just follow me and I'll take you right over there. Which one are we going to pick? Hey, man, I'll be right next to you. What car are you in? You know, I'm going to go right where you at and I'm going to follow you and he's going to take me right to the place. Think about that 
silly story in a spiritual application, brethren. Huh? How awesome is God? How awesome is our Savior? That's the beauty of trusting Jesus, is you can't do it on your own. But we can do it with Jesus. Because through Him, we go to our Father's house. If it were not so, I would have told you. If we follow Him and do what He says, heaven is our home one day. Two things and then I'm done. I want to challenge you with these thoughts. John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Are you troubled today? Stop letting your heart be troubled. Because if you believe in God, believe in Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And if you want to come to the Father, if you want heaven to be your home, you got to go through me. And I want to take you there. I want to take you there. I want to lead you through this life, and in the end, I want heaven to be your home. I want that for you. I'm going to get in my car, and you follow me, and I'm going to take you where you need to go. What a blessing that is, amen? Do we trust in His presence? Do we trust in His promises? Do we trust in His person? If we do, we ain't got nothing to worry about. What are you worrying about? Jesus is preparing a place for us. He says, if I go to prepare it, I'm going to come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Be encouraged by that, brethren. If you're struggling in trust, just believe Him. Just take His word for it. But maybe you're here and you're not a Christian. Maybe you're struggling with trusting Him. Jesus Christ could come back any moment, friend. Jesus Christ could be here any second. Don't waste the opportunity to be added to His family, to be able to receive all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Forgiveness of sin, redemption, reconciliation to God Almighty. And become His child and be added to the kingdom of God. What an awesome thing to be added to, isn't it? We got... We had three baptisms this week, brethren. Three. And every single one of them is here. Three. I say that's a game changer, isn't it? That's a game changer for, for these young Christians. Encourage them, love on them, be around them, support them. If we're mature Christians, reach out. Help them along the way. Get them on the right path and be there to support them. That's how we make this successful. We do it. We help them to point them straight to Jesus. And if they begin to desire it, it'll change their life, won't it? If you're here today and you need to become a Christian, let me tell you this. Jesus died for you. He was buried and He was resurrected. He said, if you repent, you won't perish. He says, if you confess my name then I'll confess you before my Father. He says, if you will be baptized, you'll be saved. If you need to become a Christian, if you need prayers, whatever you need, come right now as together we stand and sing.